Cost Camps Coaches Show, episode 35. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest is Coach Joe Beeler. Coach Beeler is the head football coach at Lebanon Valley College. He's my former boss. Um, coach Beeler graduated from LVC in 1989 and in 1989 became a uh, junior high assistant coach at Palmyra. 1990, he moved to Lebanon where he was a coach on the freshman team there. Uh, then in 91, he took a varsity assistant job at Milton Hershey and became the head coach at Palmyra in 1996. Uh, he was there until 2002, and he uh, took a teaching job at Cedar Cliff and became an assistant coach at Cedar Cliff in 2003. And then in 2004, he was hired at LVC under Coach Jim Monis as the offensive line coach, became the offensive coordinator in 2008. And he was hired in 2016 when Coach Moniz left to become the head football coach at LVC. And he just he just finished your seventh year, right, Coach? Am I right in saying this will that? Be my, this will be my seventh year coming up. Here. In your seventh year right now, coming up. Gotcha. Yep. Well, Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mark. I know we've been doing a lot of like culture stuff with a lot of high school coaches and uh, a lot of coaches talking about what they've been doing this offseason and things like that. But I, I wanted to get Coach Beeler on here to talk about some X's and O's stuff. And I know this this platform, this the, the podcast, and it's all audio, it's tough to to kind of like uh, – usually when you do a clinic, you got a, a whiteboard or some sort of – you know, you, you watch Huddle, whatever it is. But we're going to try to do this, and, and Coach has always been really good in terms of creating a picture in someone's mind's eye. So we're going to talk about what LVC does on their their outside zone play, their stretch play. So, Coach, I don't know where you want to start, but, I mean, if you want to – sure. if there's a starting point that you usually go with here, go ahead. Well, I, I think I would start, first of all, with uh, philosophy. And, and the idea uh, – I am not a, a – a lot of people that run outside zone, it's because they – they're an inside zone. They're a they're an outside zone. They're they're a zone blocking scheme person. And what I can tell you is uh, that that wouldn't be the case with me. I, a, a lot of man blocking schemes, combination blocking schemes. But the beautiful thing about outside zone is no matter what a defense is doing to you, and, you know, maybe you're getting a, a, a front that you're not used to seeing, or maybe they're they're blitzing you. The beauty of outside zone is you, it's it's good against everything, and I think that's what what made me fall in love with the play and make it such a big part of, of what we've done over the the you know 17 19 years that we've been at Lebanon Valley. Um, the outside zone play has been big for us, and you know I guess you know you start first of all you know just with with what you're going to teach your linemen and, and and that would include if you have tight ends it would include if you have h backs uh what you're teaching them and so you know we'll you know again not having a, a board to write on we'll imagine that we're running the, the stretch outside zone play to the right um and so what we would teach what we would teach our our linemen is Whoever the, the, the last man in the line of scrimmage is to the play side, whether that be an offensive tackle or a tight end, uh, their step that they're going to take, uh, we refer to as a, a bucket step. And the bucket step 
is a step that we are going to actually lose ground. So that's foot's going to go um, back away from the line of scrimmage and open the front shoulder so that your nose is going to run through the outside shoulder tip of whoever that next defender is. And of course, 99% of the time, it's someone on the line of scrimmage. And so that bucket step for the, the tackle or the tight end or the H back is going to probably be a bigger bucket step than the interior players on, on your offensive line. So that's the first piece. Uh, the second piece to that, that first man you know, on the line of scrimmage to the side you're going is sometimes because of how wide the players they have to block, they may have to run a crossover step before they ever get to make contact. And so, you know, again, um, as we try, we, you know, we need our tackles to have good feet. We need tight ends that have really good feet because, you know, crossing your feet over is dangerous in football because you're off balance for a right. split second. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a, it's a real key piece to it. Everybody else on the line of scrimmage is going to also take a bucket step, but their bucket steps a lot of times will be smaller. So if you can imagine, uh, maybe we're running it. Um, maybe there's not a tight end. So we're saying we're running it to the tackle side. He's taking a big bucket. Well, that guard, you know, he might have a guy that's that the next outside defender for him might just be on his, his shoulder. So his bucket step doesn't have to be nearly as big. Um, but it, it's really key. Uh, the, the teaching points to this number one is that your bucket step opens, that your nose runs through the next defender wherever it is from your head so if he's even if he's in an eye for me you know on an outside eye that's your next guy then you take a small bucket but maybe you don't have a down lineman it might be a linebacker that's still you're still taking that step that you'd be able to run through that linebackers outside shoulder tip with your nose and the reason for that is if that linebacker blitzes if he just comes straight ahead that means that if you've taken the proper step you'll you'll have a collision point he'll be uh, what we refer to is he'll be he'll be on your track, and so um, that that's really the, the first key part is that step. Second piece that we talk about as we're talking about blocking is is your eyes. Where do you, where should your eyes be looking? And what we always talk about is the next down defender, and what that means is, um, you know, if I'm if I'm a guard and I have a three tech, and then there's a five tech on the tackle. Even though I might end up blocking that three tech, my eyes have got to go to the five tech. The slant to the direction that you're running the outside zone is a battle, but but it isn't the problem. The problem is when when defensive lines slant back inside because if I don't get my eyes on that five tech and he and he comes across the tackle's face and beats me, now we've got a problem because now he's in the backfield. If you're using a fullback or maybe an H-back in motion, um, you know that guy gets tied up with somebody that he shouldn't have to block. Or if you're trying to run it out of a one-back, now you've got a guy in the backfield chasing your, your ball carrier. So the eyes are so important. And we always say look up the next down defender, not, not the, the first, the closest down defender to you, but that next one. So again, bucket step, eyes. Um, the, the next piece to this is is hand placement and um you know i've been through a couple different ways of teaching hand placement um i often would go with what i refer to as um, the high number armpit 
and the low number so that you could be involved in like a push pull as you tried to, as you tried to, um, you know, hook that defender if possible. A pull. You're I, saying it's a pull. The, right. With your low inside hand. Yep. You're, yeah, yeah. You're trying to get a little bit of jersey and gotcha. bring it to you as you're, as you're driving through the armpit um, of the defender with your, with your outside hand, the hand going towards the, the play. So if we're running right, your right hand is at the high number in the armpit. We've actually um, kind of gotten away from that, that pull and that, that, um, that, that hand on the low number on the, on the near number. And we've now tried to start to actually bring that up through the heart or if it's the eyes on to the left or the, uh, the opposite chest. Um, and, and again, just trying to make sure that we are winning that battle. So we've gone with a little higher and wider hand placement than we used to. Now there, there's a, the next piece to this, which is, is what if that, what if that defender is going away from you? So one of, one of our next rules with this is never leave never leave a defender until you feel new pressure from a teammate. And what I mean by that is, let's say that I'm a I'm a guard and I have a uh, inside shade, a guy that's on my inside shade, but we're running to the right. He's close to the center. If I just tap him, take my bucket, and start climbing right away. I've left the center out to dry. He's never going to get there. So what I've got to do is is my hand placement. Obviously, I'm not going to use my outside hand because I'm all, that's already beyond him. But my inside hand, I'm going to drive through that that same aiming point. But I'm not going to climb to the second level until I feel the pressure of the center overtaking the block. I need to feel that pressure of some another player. If I never feel it. I can never leave that inside player. I'm going to have to stay on that because he's more dangerous than a second level player. A wise man uh, that that taught me a lot about about blocking people uh, was former offensive line coach at at Bloomsburg, Brian McBrien. And what he would always say is, "You got to block the first level to be good. You block the second level to be great. You're not going to be great until you've been good." So you got to block that first level first before you think about getting to the second level. So, you know, that's a, that's another key teaching point is not to leave a down defender until another player overtakes that block. Last piece is as you're climbing, as you climb to the second level, we always have a, a saying, don't chase tail, let the tail come to you. So if I'm on track for a linebacker and I'm, I'm moving on my track and that linebacker is faster than me, if, if he's now run past me, for me to just chase after him, eventually I'm not getting there anyway. And there's a linebacker coming behind me that's probably going to make the play. So, you know, we talk about all the time, I've, I've looked up the next down defender and now that guy didn't slant to me. I don't have a down defender on me, or maybe a center's overtaken if I'm a guard. And I begin that climb on my on my 45 degree track. My eyes are now looking for what's the next, what's the linebacker coming to me? That's the that's the second level player I'm going to try to block. And uh, that that part of it uh, is is probably one of the harder teaching points because guys. They, they see what's in front of them on their track and they'll chase it a little bit. So we really emphasize that not chasing tail. 
and if everybody does that not chase and tail thing, the the linebackers will kind of pass themselves off where you have a lead blocker. So so this play, you're running this with a lead blocker, correct? If if possible, although you know, again, depending on on you know, if you're a spread team, if you got numbers, you know, your, right. your lead blocker might be right. It might be a, a receiver. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, we've become at Lebanon Valley. We've become very H back oriented. Uh, so a lot of times we might be in a one back set, and we might have multiple tight ends on the field, and that H back might be a motion player, or might have lined up in a wing. And we basically teach him the uh, what I would call fullback principles of the play. Right. Um, you know, another another part of this that is to, to kind of add to the blocking piece for the lineman is once you're in in battle. In other words, you are hooked onto your defender. Uh, not only are you trying to drive your hands to that outside shoulder to turn to his shoulders, but you also need to use your your hips and your feet to press. Here's the reality for us at the college level. The defensive lineman runs faster than the offensive lineman. So for me to block him, I have to stop his feet. And the only way I can stop his feet is to, is to get my hip into his hip and basically neutralize his feet. If all I'm doing is blocking with my upper body, his feet are faster than me. So eventually he's going to, he's going to break the block. So it's very, very important that as you teach this, that you're really emphasizing the lower half of the body and not just that upper part of the body. You talked about uh, Coach McBride. Yeah. And um, he he was the offensive line, longtime offensive line coach at Bloomsburg. And they, this, I mean, they, they made their living off of stretch and outside zone and, and – Going back to your the first thing you said about the philosophy in terms of you can run this against anything, and I I I know Bloomsburg did this. I was at a game this year, LVC game. You guys played at Albright, and I, I think I saw you guys play, uh, run this play. I mean, it must have been. You guys had to run it ten times in a row at one point. I mean, it was yes, rainy. It was yeah. rainy. It was a gross day, but you were and you know Albright was doing different stuff to stop it, and it didn't matter. So I know. I mean, the bottom line is it works. It works. Right. Well, the the next part is the backfield. And uh, if you're doing it under center, and, and you can do it from the gun as well, but but under center, uh, you, you know, the, the idea, the word stretch, when you people call it stretch, really it has to do with the quarterback. You, you want the quarterback to literally have to stretch to reach the ball to the tailback. And uh, so, so, you know, his first step, and of course – you know, coach, you can teach this better even than I can. You've worked with these guys on this, uh, but that first step is critical. And if they step in the bucket or fall step, they're not going to get there in time to get the ball to the to the tailback. Um, you know, the, the the fullback's aiming point, if you have a fullback, is uh, a yard outside and a yard behind the widest offensive. Um, player as far as the the tight end tackle or tight end wing whatever that would be and his job essentially is to read that block and if that block is is a hook block then fullback's going to stay on slope and look for the first thing coming just like the the lineman looking for something coming head up or inside of them and if for some reason that tackle or tight end is having to drive the defender that last man in the line of scrimmage out the fullback will come up underneath that. 
you mentioned the Albright game. So Albright, because we were we were having such success getting the edge, they started just flying outside. And all we did was we we stayed connected at that that last man in line of scrimmage, the tackle or tight end. Fullback would come underneath it, or the H back would come underneath it, and our tailback would, would follow. Uh, the tailback's aiming point is exactly the same as the as the fullback or H back, except he wants to be on the outside hip of that of that player. So he's just a hair wider, and he's reading that block. Uh, that that what that fullback. I always have said, um, you know, you want a tailback with great vision, but he needs to trust his fullback or H back's first read, his eyes. Like trust what he does. And then start making people miss from there. And uh, when we've when we've had a good fullback or you know that that guy and a tailback with good vision, like, well, we've had uh, unbelievable success. Going back to uh, up front, you, I mean, yeah. you talked about the um, looking up the next down defender. So if I'm that right guard, we'll run to the right, and I have that I have a, a two shade somebody inside of me, yep. and. It, I'm looking up the next down defender as I'm taking that small bucket step and here he comes. Here comes that next down defender. That right. whatever that guy that was lined up outside the tackle five technique. Right. What so what how do you coach blocking that now? Right. So so I've got I'm going to have to block that that defender that's coming to me. Here's the thing about um defense. It's very rare that a defense is designed where two people are going to go through the same gap. Almost all defenses are, have some type of a gap principle to them. So if you're slanting that, that five shade, then most likely the, the, the two shade is probably doing something as well. Um, whether, whether it's he's looping, maybe they're running some type of a twist stunt, or, or, or is it a full line stunt, or, or, or even a half line stunt? Either way, um, most likely the same thing that I'm looking up, as long as my teammate is looking up the same thing, he's going to overtake that, that two shade as well. Um, you know, again, is there a way maybe that they would, where they only would slant and just pinch the DN possibly either way. I've got it. He's buying and I've got to take him and then I've still got to trust my teammate to, to overtake that two shade a little quicker, maybe than what he would want to. I use this word probably three times in the last two sentences, and that's the word trust. Yeah, trust with the O line is so big. I, the the mistake that happens for us, I, I've got really smart guys, is they start to try to do too much. They they try to do their job, plus they don't know if their teammate is going to do their job, and so they try to do both, and that's you're set up for failure at that point. You have to trust your teammates that they're all going to do what they're supposed to, that they're all being taught the same way you are. And um, that's, that's, I think probably uh, one of the most important parts of developing your offensive line is that they trust each other. Going into the, the backfield stuff now, and you talked about that tailback and he's got, you know, going back to that word trust, he's got the fullback, his vision becomes so important because now your tailbacks, your tailbacks got to trust that fullback. So he's got to, he's got to make a read. Go ahead. What are you going to say? No, no, just that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Like that. Yeah. You know, a fullback that's uh, we've had different types of fullbacks. You know this. We've had guys that were really good thumpers between the tackle, but they weren't great on the outside right. zone. And you know, the more athletic fullbacks 
oftentimes are your best outside zone yep, fullbacks. For sure. And we've had some guys that, um, you know, kind of were, were tweeners where they, they weren't fast enough to be tailbacks, but they weren't thick enough to, 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 you know, ISO on, on linebackers, but they could find a role for us by helping us run that outside zone play. Well, that fullback too, the agility of that fullback becomes important when you got a three technique outside your guard and you got a five technique outside your, your, uh, tackle and they still slant out like toward the play like what you're talking yeah, about at the beginning right because because there's a possibility where that fullback he's taking that wide track he's gonna have to stick that outside foot in the ground and actually come inside now the guard's gonna be able to watch that he's trying to reach he's trying to reach right. that that three technique but he's gonna be able to run a little bit but if that fullback can see that he can actually come inside of that doesn't happen often but when it no, does i mean right. that, that yeah. can be a big play Especially if you're having success, you know, the other part of the outside zone that, that is a lot of fun is, you know, you start to have some success because you're getting slope. Right. They start running harder to the outside because, again, you know, those defensive those defensive kids are being coached and their coaches are, you know, hollering at them. Hey, keep your outside shoulder free. Stay outside. Yeah. And they start going harder. And it naturally opens some inside gaps. But only if your fullback sees it, and as you said, sticks that outside foot in the ground gets north and south and the tailback trusts his fullback and does the same thing and when that happens um you know you can really hit some big cutback plays and um we had a play you mentioned the Albright game late in the game uh tim irvey they were running so hard outside he he put his stuck his foot in the ground and he actually cut back on the second level he took it all the way out the back to the <laughs> second level and uh, you know that's rare but that's just how hard yep. the kids were trying to run to the ball having that relationship to first of all the tailback's important because he's got a, a a lot of times tailbacks won't trust the quarterback to get him the ball so right. they'll kind of start to work their way back toward the quarterback which gets them out of sync with the fullback they'll actually end up inside the fullback and that's not where the you know the offensive line are kind of setting up you know that I'm going to use this is going to be like a, a loosey-goosey term but they're using their rear ends now to kind of like shield everybody toward where the fullback's going. And if that if the tailback gets inside all that, it creates different angles for the defense and easier angles to get inside our, our linemen. So that that relationship now between the, the fullback and the tailback is so like you can't have that wide gap. If you right. if you get too wide of a gap, I've seen it happen where the fullback has a read. You know, he's reading everything and if that tailback's too far away from the fullback the you know the defense can actually stop and kind of make that a wrong read for the fullback and come the defender can now come inside their block and inside the fullback and now make the play on the tailback. And you know this uh, over the years as we would as we would try to do it out of the gun. That was probably yes. the the biggest thing we had to work on was the timing and the the steps of the of the whatever that lead blocker was that that relationship didn't get out of whack because it, it was, there was a natural relationship that happened from the eye formation and from the quarterback being under center, but it, it definitely changes when you get into the gun. And, you know, you, you know, you mentioned this, but young tailbacks have a tendency to want to reach for the football. They, yeah. they want to get that ball because it takes a little while for the, that's the other part of this play. The tailback is running, a few steps where he does not have the ball in his hands because the, the quarterback is working on that angle um, to reach the ball. But it's the quarterback's job to get the ball to the tailback, not the tailback's job to go get it from the quarterback. And, 
again, sometimes that's just a repetition thing. That's a run frames thing. I mean, you know, we're, we're big believers in run frames and, you know, having the, the, the quarterback, tailback, fullback, the three of those players working uh, together over and over again, repping the same plays so that that footwork becomes flawless. And, you know, with all fences these days, you know, you know, you see a lot of jet sweep now. And this is this can kind of be run as a jet sweep, too. With the, You know, if you get your timing down with your, your lead blocker and, and whoever's getting the ball, you know, this can kind of be geared toward various offenses. It doesn't have to be an eye formation thing, like you said earlier. Absolutely. Yeah, we've we've really evolved. And, and of course, you were a big part of that with. with when you took over as the offensive coordinator that uh, we've really evolved into to be honest with you, other than we get down into some short yards goal line, we're not in the eye very often. Uh, what we've found is, is the more angles that we can come at people with, with H backs and fullbacks, um, you know, the more versatile we are and, and the less, uh, you know, the phrase we always use is the less linebackers can tee off on yes. us. Um, the, the thing about, about lining up in the eye formation is, um, You've got a fullback and, a li- and an inside linebacker, oftentimes, or an outside linebacker if you're running to the outside, and you know that it's going to be it's like two trains mm-hmm. on a train track running and running, uh, you know, at each other, and so um, it's hard to find kids physically that can hold up over a period of time having those kinds of collisions. Um, but but if you can go from angles, all of a sudden now you know now a more athletic fullback, maybe he's not you know two fifty five. Um, but he's athletic and he can get an angle on a linebacker who's now whose vision isn't as easy, right? It's not, it's not as easy for that linebacker to see where that fullback's coming from. It definitely has made a difference for us. We've, we've gotten better at some things that, that, um, you know, probably in the, you know, 2014, 15, 16, that we were having some trouble with that, that I think we've, we've improved, especially, you know, again, our ISO and power game has really come back as well. The, um, the play action off this play too. Yeah. Is there's so many play action possibilities. We we always did a boot play off it, which I mean we there have been years where we got receivers that got good at it and quarterbacks that were good at it and you know, we we probably scored maybe, I don't know, once a game off the play action. We'd have if not score be a big play of, you know, a momentum changing play. So the play action is good on it too. Play, play action is is huge. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, ours our our stretch pass. Um, you know, we've and, and all the little variations off of it. I mean, we've done the boot. We've done what we called the trail, where we stayed to it. Of course, the trick plays. You know, the the quarterback fakes a reverse and, and throws down the field. The reverses off of it to to receivers. You know, you get people running hard. You get a receiver going the other way. Uh, halfback pass. The, the the things you can do off this play are are you know borderline endless. And you don't really have to teach your linemen. You don't have to reteach them stuff. You know, on the no. play action passes. I really all those plays you just mentioned. There's not much. There's there's nothing that the linemen have to do different. You no, know, they're, they're, they're not the downfield. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> And yeah. you kind of then it's up to your skill guys in terms of ball handling and and uh, selling fakes and running routes. You know that's that's where the the play action comes in. So it's really there's no new teaching for that offensive line when you're when you're installing the the stuff off the the either the gadgetry or or whatever it is the the derivatives right. off the off eight the uh, the outside zone play. Yep. And again, it's it's uh, the, the, all of the plays we're talking about right now off of it 
it doesn't matter how the defense is lining up. It doesn't look if they're in zones, uh, you know, boot pass is still good. If they're in man, if they're, if you just catch one person undisciplined, it's a, it's a home run. Um, so, so yeah, I, I love about, um, you know, the, the outside zone play that, uh, it's just universal against everything. I, haven't been a, a, a head high school coach, uh, and, and hopefully you've got some listeners that are high school coaches. You know, I, I we didn't do this. We didn't run outside zone. Um, and what I would say is if I became a, a high school coach again, if I was a high school offensive coordinator, uh, I would build – I would start with outside zone, and I would build everything that I was doing, um, including trying to out-formation people and uh, jumping, you know, tight ends and, and – and H backs and shifting and unbalanced. And I would do all those things and it would all be based on, on running outside zone because again, a high school lineman, if you can just teach him that technique, you're, you're going to be successful and it doesn't matter. You know, one of the hardest things that working with high school kids is, you know, Hey, they're lined up here this time you block them this way. And well, but if they're here, this is what we're going to have so many rules and things, but, but the beauty of outside zone is just, just learn those basic blocking components that we went over at the beginning of this talk and, and you can block anybody. Yeah. The, um, just the, the advent of technology too, you, you know, you got your, we, we've talked in earlier episodes about end zone copy. More teams are doing it, uh, using uh, huddle. It's kind of changed everything, but you, you know, you work on it, you show your kids how to do it, show your offensive linemen what they're supposed to be doing, mistakes they've made, good things they've done. And, the install comes a little, a little easier. Comes a little easier, but it's doable Absolutely. for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Well, coach, this is this is this has actually brought back a bunch of memories for me. This is actually really, <laughs> this is really cool for me, for me, from yeah. my standpoint. Yeah, me too, coach. I, <laughs> I you know, yeah, I think about I think about the fact that when you mentioned huddle, if you you and I took all the the outside zone plays we've run and all the things off of it that you and I have run together over all those years and put it on one tape. We, we'd be together for a, a couple days. I think I can remember you and coach Monas up at Penn state doing a, the, for the PSFCA clinic, doing an outside zone, uh, a clinic. It was you two guys. And I'm telling you, like after, I think it was a 45 minute, 50, 50 minute presentation. And after like a half hour, you guys still hadn't gotten to like um, to where we were with the backfield because right. you got, I mean, you guys were so thorough with it and you talked to, you know, drawing things up and showing film and, and all that good stuff. Um, so, th- I mean, this audio thing, it, it, it can help in some ways because you did a great job coach of, of breaking everything down. Yeah. And, and really do you did put, paint a picture in everybody's mind's eye. And here's the other thing, coach, coach Beeler, uh, you mentioned this to me in text message, but for all the guys that are head coaches out there, um, and it was funny, Coach Beeler mentioned this. He being the head coach, I think, and you you can you can testify to this, Coach. You don't get to coach X's and O's as much anymore because you got to no. take care of the administrative stuff. No, this is. I, I told you this is a treat for me to to get to. I actually, I told my staff today. I said, you know, I, I actually get to to talk a little football finally uh, tonight. <laughs> I was excited to do that. And, uh, you know, one of the things as a, as a head coach, obviously, you know, you got to trust your, your coaches to coach. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that a lot of the guys have been, been with me for a long time or they're guys that, that have been doing their craft for a long time that I have a lot of trust in that, 
it, it gives you a chance. You know, I would say probably when I look at just these seven years, uh, when I first took over as the head coach, I was still trying to be the offensive line, offensive coordinator, still trying to do that role. Uh, but it gives you a chance, the, the more comfortable you become in being the head coach and the less X's and O's, uh, the better your relationships become with your players. You get to, you get to sort of spend more time watching them and, and, and you know, seeing things that maybe they're going through uh, and, and being able to help them work through it. It's, it's definitely been very rewarding from that standpoint, but still like to talk these X's and O's. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on here. And, and to the high school coaches out there, is, you, know, le, you know, a lot of people have asked me what happened at Lebanon Valley between you and, and the coaches there. And there's no – I mean, it's a great place. It's great coaching staff. There are guys you can trust. So if you got a guy that's, that's interested in playing college football and he hasn't found a home or you got some you got some juniors on the, on the team right now that are thinking about playing college football in a couple of years, take a look at Lebanon Valley. These guys know what they're doing. I appreciate that, Coach. I thought maybe it had to do with you just retired and eat, eating the same lunches with me. I, uh, but uh, it's good that you cleared that up. No, the dining. Every all, all the players always complain about the dining hall. That was that's that's a bright spot at Lebanon Valley College for me. I play the dining hall. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. You and me both. I, I've said for years. You know, I came there as a player and I, I gained seventy pounds over four years, and then I came back as a coach, and I'm pretty sure I've, I've put that same seventy back <laughs> on again. So. Well, thanks again for doing this. This was good stuff. Yes, sir. Yep. Thank you very much. Yep. Have a good night, man.